Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I released some interesting little videos over the past few days that I think you will find interesting. And I want to tell you a little bit more about those videos. I'm not going to be redundant, though, and just tell you the same information you get from watching the videos. But um, sometimes I think you really need to see a visual. And so before I get into that, I I got an email today with one of the weirdest stories anybody has ever sent to me. And now, now do you, I'm sure you understand the significance of me saying that because every single day people are sending me wild stories about wild experiences. And this one came from a man in Wisconsin, where of course we filmed the movie Wishmasters, and he took two of my sigils, the money sigil and the ghost sigil, and he put them together. And what happened to him is so wild, it kind of makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck. And not only did he give me the detailed story, but he has all kinds of documentation to prove what happened. Now, I just want to let you know that last night, I was a guest on the uh, the Leak Project show. And of course, Leak Project is hosted by Rex Bear. And his show is one of those deals where he interviews you while you are sitting in front of a webcam. So it's like a it's like a TV interview. And I don't usually do that um, for a number of reasons. To, you know, because my I'm traveling a lot, and my schedule's weird, and I go into places that have restricted access, and you're not supposed to use a camera. But one of the biggest reasons is that personally, I just have trouble sitting still, you know, just sort of sitting down in front of a camera and having to stay on frame there and talk for two hours. Um, I mean, like, for example, when I'm doing this podcast, I'm pacing around and uh, there's just a lot of energy flowing here. So I did, however, make an exception for this program, Leak Project. For one thing, I've heard a lot of great things about it. It's been around quite a while. He's interviewed some of my favorite people, you know, people like Nick Redfern, and I know Stanton Friedman was on there. There's a long list of people who have been on the show. And he has over 330,000 YouTube subscribers, and that's just part of his audience. So last night, I sat down in front of a webcam for two hours. I was actually there over two hours, if you want to include, like, getting a little prepared before and and chatting a little after, but two solid hours of conversation without any kind of a break, no commercials. (laughs) Um, So the thing was, it really flew by very, very quickly. And I mean, that is the, the sign of a great conversation. And we got into just everything you can imagine. I mean, Rex has a mind like mine. He just sort of is interested in all of the weird stuff in the world and and, and, and how it all might connect. And so we went on quite a mental journey 
for two hours last night and it's posted already if you haven't seen this uh, and I mean, you can sit there and watch it like a TV show or you could just listen to the audio from it but uh, if you just get to uh, go to YouTube and just uh, do a search for leak project you'll find uh, it there it's the, of course the latest one at least, at least it was last I looked and um, there's a picture of me there and some of the topics so anyway while I was on uh, the show and of course this was being broadcast live on YouTube Rex was actually looking at um, a live chat all these people are making comments and one guy had made a comment that he had combined some of my sigils and some amazing stuff happened and he wanted to let me know about it and I was like cool so anyway this guy emailed me today and told me this whole story and showed me news clips and screenshots and all kinds of stuff to back up his story and yet there's even more to it and it's now think about that what do you believe might happen if you were to take the money sigil and the ghost sigil and put them together it, it makes you scratch your head doesn't it well let me just tell you that it does involve two things that you would expect it involves a lot of good luck and money and amazing synchronicity but it also involves the discovery of a dead body okay now the thing is I'm gonna be a terrible tease here because that's all I'm gonna tell you for now because I have invited this man to come on to this podcast and tell this story in his own words because it's a long story uh, and there are synchronicities uh, that he doesn't even know about that I see in his story that I haven't had a chance to tell him about. This is one of those things, you know, like when you're watching some documentary or some special about, you know, usually it's true crime or something, and the story just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder and just keep keeps taking all these twists and turns. This is kind of like what happened when this guy did this. So that's all I'm going to tell you for now. But apparently he has been looking for an opportunity to sort of fill me in on what occurred when he did this uh, to him and to other people around him. And so last night was, you know, he, he seeing me on that show gave him, um, you know, the, the motivation to go ahead and sort of explain all this to me. So I got right back to him and said, yeah. We've got to document this for my audience. Everybody's got to hear what happens. So I tell you this so that you, you have something to look forward to. I have a really busy week ahead of me, and I don't know how much I'm going to be able to record, but as soon as I can, as soon as he's available, we're going to have a conversation and tell you this story. You want to make sure that you don't miss that. So just keep in mind, uh, if you are not a subscriber to this podcast, well, you should be uh, if you go to joshuapwarren.com and click the link to this podcast called Joshua P. Warren Daily you'll find you can subscribe through all kinds of different platforms I forget all the different ways I know you can listen on like Stitcher and iHeart and Apple and all, um, but if you don't really uh, have a regular platform you follow well you can just um, follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren at Joshua P. Warren and you can even set up your phone so that every time I send a tweet, and only I send a tweet, if you just follow me, 
uh, you'll get a text message and it'll say, oh, well, there's a new podcast or whatever else that I, I tweet out there. So these are ways that you can stay uh, updated and, and sort of follow the progress of the show. So that's coming soon. Something to look forward to, I promise you. Getting back to um, Twitter, though, and my YouTube channel, I, um, you know, sometimes I'll sit down and I'll just have some ideas for some interesting videos that I want to shoot, and they're usually short, and I'll, I'll film them, and I'll just knock out two or three of them in a day, and then when I get around to it, I'll edit one and post it. Because, again, some things, I think, make more of an impact when you do have a visual element there. And so one of the videos that you'll find on my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Joshua P. Warren, or, again, if you follow me on Twitter or you go to my Twitter page, you'll see I've posted it there. If you scroll down and look at my recent stuff, it is about my acquisition of a $100 trillion bill. And uh, I'm actually holding this in my hands right now. And this is, this is not a joke. This is the, to my knowledge, the highest denomination bill that has ever been issued by a world government, okay, by a nation. And uh, it was issued by the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe. And this particular bill says 2008 and it's actually a very nicely made bill you would hope so wouldn't you uh, it's thick paper it's got um, some special um, protection layers of protection on it some little illusions and holograms and looks like there's a strip in it and you know all the kind of stuff you would expect from a 100 trillion dollar bill on one side of it there is a stack of three big rocks which must have some type of profound meaning in Zimbabwe. And then on the back, looks like there's a picture of a uh, waterfall next to a water buffalo. And uh, which, this is neither here nor there, but recently I was reading about how that some people don't like the fact that in the United States or in North America, we call things running around uh, buffalo. They're bison. And buffalo is kind of like a slang term for the American bison, and they say that, that if you look at real buffaloes, like a like a water buffalo here, they don't have all the hair, uh, all the shaggy build and the big shaggy beard and everything like a bison does. So I guess you can, you can technically you can call them bison or buffalo but i think if you really want to you know be specific you should talk about bison in this country but anyway let's get back to the 100 trillion dollar bill so when i heard that this was issued i immediately knew like well i gotta have one of those things and the good news is the good news is at least if you want to attain one of these the good news is uh the $100 trillion bill, which is no longer, uh, this is no longer legitimate currency. When it came out in Zimbabwe, they say that it would not buy you a loaf of bread. It was, in fact, worth less than one United States dollar. And yet, it's a legitimate piece of currency for $100 trillion. Now, I'm not going to give you an economics lesson and talk about inflation and all that, 
But I think that this is a wonderful representation of something that I've talked about many times before and I'm going to touch upon again here right now. And that is the fact that some people who struggle getting money are struggling because that they are focusing on the wrong thing. So if you're focusing on a piece of paper or a coin, well, that's not really money. Even if you're focusing on a piece of gold or silver, that's not really even money either. All these things are, are representations of relationships because money comes from one place and that's other people. Money is an expression of gratitude and that, I mean, that's, that's what it's meant to be. And it makes it very clear when you see something like this. I paid $27 US dollars for this bill, and that's just because it's a collector's novelty. Far less than $100 trillion. But I love this because it's just such a perfect example of what I'm saying about what money really is. And if you if you have this image in your mind of money being the Benjamins making it rain, how fat your wallet is and all that, then that stuff is not, it's, it's, you're going to run out really fast if that's what you think money is. You have to think of money as being an exchange of energy and what type of energy that people value. And that's why you've heard me say this before. It's a great tip for you to always carry a piece of foreign currency in your pocket, whether it's a coin or a bill. Like this would be a great one to carry in your wallet. Um, but if you carry a piece of foreign currency, it could be something like even in the U.S., maybe something from Canada or Mexico. I mean, whatever, just something that looks weird to you that doesn't look like real money but is considered real money in some places. I mean, like, you, you probably would want to carry a Monopoly bill with you because nobody really thinks of that as real money. But carry something that is considered real money in, in another place. And that, that way, every time you look at it, it reminds you of what money actually is. It kind of breaks you out of, you know, that, that hypnotized state that you get in just focusing on the representation of money. And, and when you're reminded about what money is, that it's a flow of energy... Well, then all of a sudden you start behaving a little differently and thinking about money a little differently. And before you know it, uh, variables in your life and how you act and behave start to alter. And suddenly your foreign money starts attracting a lot more of your local money. That's funny how it works. One thing that I love to do, though, with this type of money magic because that's what this is you know magic is just based upon taking your mind and putting it in the the appropriate state so that you can sort of transmit your will out there to affect the physical reality that's ultimately sort of what magic is and so when, when I got this thing um, you know I shot the video and uh, now, guess what I've done? I, I've put it on a wishing machine. And I have a wishing machine in front of me right now, which has a variety of symbols of uh, wealth and prosperity. And, and frankly, they're all kind of personal to me. So I don't want to tell you exactly what I have on, on my prosperity machine that I keep running. 
but uh, this is now one of the things that's certainly on it. The one trillion dollar bill. I'm going to put it back on there right now. And so, uh, if you get something like that, that uh, reminds you of what money and prosperity really is from a financial point of view, then again, carry it in your pocket as a reminder and or put it on the input plate of a wishing machine and project that to you. And uh, you'll find that it also, uh, it helps to supercharge the amount of positive financial energy that comes into your life. So that's one thing I wanted to reiterate for you. But here's the second thing I want to tell you about this sort of concept behind money magic. And this is a lot more practical. And, and I, I especially want you to listen to this if you're having a hard time right now, if you're struggling right now. Because if you are having um, a problem getting the money that you need, then that is actually a very valuable situation for you to be in. And I know you're thinking, huh? Not following you here, Mr. Warren. Okay, well, here's what I'm saying. The, the main way to make money in our world is to solve a problem and because that's you know people are happy to pay to solve a problem and and the, and the thing is there are uh, very practical problems that need to be solved every day like I need to eat something I am not a farmer I am not a rancher I have to pay somebody to eat something that's a problem that needs to be solved and it's uh, fortunately in this country it's a pretty easy problem for us to solve but still, unless you're out there growing your own food or or uh, you're out there, you know, like I say, ranching or you're scavenging or doing, you need money in order to solve that problem. That's a very practical problem. Same thing with water, right? With liquid, with shelter. You know, you have all these basic fundamental needs to be met, and those are all problems. And then from there, it extends to other problems that you may have, like, shit, my car broke down, and... You know, I, I don't have a, you know, a, a big check coming in to pay for this repair bill. How do I get this fixed? If you find somebody who can go in and fix that problem for you, you'll be happy to pay whatever you can. And you can go down this list of things that are very practical things, but here's where it becomes very interesting, is that there are other types of problems that you can solve for people that aren't so rooted into your physical survival. So, for example, I need entertainment. Okay, that's a problem. I need good entertainment. And, and that, that may seem silly to you, but it takes us back to that biblical quote, right? That you know, man cannot live by bread alone. Well, what does that mean? Because actually, humans can live by bread alone. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's possible. We could put you in a cage and feed you and water you, and you will stay alive for maybe 80 years. We, I mean, we could physically keep you alive if that was our only goal. You may not be in a very good mood. It's not going to do much for you, but we can keep your ass alive. We could even knock you out, put you in some kind of a, you know, like a, a, a cryogenic or a 
coma-like state or whatever and, and just keep you alive if that's what we want to do. But man cannot live by bread alone. We're talking about the fact that it's not about living. It's about making life worth living. And so sometimes things that you do, like, for example, playing music or making a movie or painting something or sculpting something or making a fountain or giving somebody a massage or taking a great picture. I mean, these are things that, yeah, you, you can get by without these things in your life. But your life is better if you have these things. That's why, you know, if you enjoy learning, you're a curious person, you like to read books and watch documentaries or listen to music or invent things. I mean, like, these are all things that enrich your life experience and make it worthwhile for you to live. These are problems that certain people need to be solved. Like, for example, you know, let's say that I love... Um, let's say I love a comedy, right? Well, I don't have the time to go out and make my own comedy every day, so I'm, but I go to the theater and I pay sometimes a hell of a lot of money by the time all is said and done, and I'm sitting there like, I hope I solve this problem. I hope that this person has created an entertaining comedy for me. So you have to open your mind about what a problem is. And the great thing is if right now you are having a problem getting money, then there's a very good chance that you have a long list of problems that you know about. You, you see, it's, it's like uh, you can't solve a problem for somebody unless you're aware that the problem exists in the first place. So if you have somebody who is, you know, born into riches and that person has never had to even really go out and you know work a day has always had everything provided that person is unaware of what problems need to be solved but you if you have if you've been exposed to problems your whole life well guess what you're an expert on problems and if you're an expert on problems that means well you now can be an expert on problem solving so, write down a list of all the problems that you can think of in the world that you have. And then look at any of those problems and say, is there anything that I can do to help solve this problem? You don't even have to be the main problem solver. I mean, let's go back to an auto mechanic. Let's say uh, there's an auto mechanic and this, this guy, he knows how to go in and fix your car but he can't do that unless he has a part. And you may not know how to go and fix a car, but you know how to make this part that this guy needs, right? So if you can just contribute in any way whatsoever toward the solving of a problem, even if you're just a piece of that solution, then guess what? Now you have created value for yourself. Now you have created utility, something useful. And you know how you've heard that old saying, just do something you love and the money will come? Well, actually, I got some bad news for you. That works sometimes, but more realistically, here's what the adage should be. 
do something you're good at and the money will come all right so what you want to try to do is find a balance of something that you're good at and something that you don't hate <laughs> and if you can if you can find something you're good at and that you don't hate that contributes to the solution of a problem you have value and now all you have to do is demonstrate that value to somebody who will recognize it because they're also in the, in the problem-solving business so look that's a very practical tip and the stuff that I talk about I hope you realize it's not just some kind of like woo-woo just all out there abstract shit no I'm I I realize that that's where you have to go mentally to get on the right vibration but at the end of the day you've got to have strategy involved and practical tips and so that's something that I enjoy sharing with you uh, practical tips practical advice that you can put into action put into motion so anyway um, if you want to see this 100 trillion dollar bill and um, and think a little bit more about this concept well I've told you how to do it just go into uh, Joshua P Warren on YouTube subscribe to my YouTube channel or just go to the link I recently posted on Twitter second thing I posted and this is something I'm not going to talk nearly as much about this because this is really hard to describe but I posted a video um, saying something like perpetual motion with a question mark you know uh, pretty close or something like that I can't remember how I titled it and look I have been fascinated by the concept of perpetual motion machines my whole life and people have been trying to make one for I'm sure thousands of years and I don't believe that you can do it uh, I hate to say any anything's impossible but I think that we we can't do it because of how we define what a perpetual motion machine is it, it violates some of the laws of thermodynamics and basically everything I've learned and everything everybody's learned indicates that energy has to come from somewhere to get something done and that's a pretty stringent definition uh, and so anything you create which uh, doesn't just somehow manifest energy out of nothing cannot be a perpetual motion machine but that said there are such things as perpetual uh, virtual perpetual motion machines before I even get into that there is such a thing as perpetual motion they say on the quantum level but I'm not even going to try to get into that but as far as a perpetual motion machine virtual perpetual motion that's something that's just a term that I came up with but to me that means it's not really going to to be a machine that's going to run forever once you turn it on but pretty damn close so like a solar panel would be a virtual perpetual motion machine because as long as the Sun is rising and it's exposed to the Sun that thing's gonna work until it wears out someday which all machines have to wear out but like a water wheel a windmill like all this kind of stuff that taps into mother nature I would think of as a virtual perpetual motion like once you set it up if you maintain it and it's exposed to mother nature it's gonna run the rest of your life okay and one day I think there's gonna be some way we're gonna take gyroscopes and anchor them into the earth somehow and figure out how to turn the spinning of the earth into 
some type of a, a perpetually spinning device. I, that, I, don't, I don't know exactly how to do that, but that makes sense to me that that will happen. So the second video that I posted, and again, you're better off just watching the video rather than even having me talk about it, so I'll make this fast. Years ago, many years ago, I got one of these devices called um, a magnetic levitating desk toy. And essentially, it kind of looks like a cylinder that is placed horizontally onto a little stand. And there are obviously magnets inside the cylinder and magnets on the stand. So when you take your hand off of it, it's levitating. The cylinder is levitating. And the only point of connection is the end of it where there's like a little needle point that's sitting on a piece of plastic. And then you can spin it. And when you spin it, this thing will spin and spin. I mean, it'll spin for a long-ass time because you're dealing with such little friction. All you have really is air resistance and then that little that little point of friction on the tip. So it's just a toy. You spin it, and it seems to be super efficient. And there is a um, there's an engineer who, um, and gosh, maybe I should look up his name. I... I can't remember his name right now, but I may as well give it out here because he deserves some props. There, there was an inventor named Larry Spring. I don't really know anything about him. I, I can't tell you if he's, if he's still with us or not. But Larry Spring um, had a workshop in Mendocino, California, which is on the coast of California. And he created this thing called the Mendocino motor, which is very, very similar. Take what I just described to you, like a shaft that is um, floating, levitating horizontally. But this one has solar panels on it. And so when you spin it, the solar panel that's facing the light sends a current to a coil on the opposite side of the little shaft. And when a current goes through a coil, the coil acts like a magnet and it pushes away from the magnet next to it and pushes it around to the next solar panel where it does the same thing. So this whole thing has got solar panels and coils and once you get it spinning, I mean it spins forever until you turn the lights out. And I mean and it spins fast. It spins really fast. I mean, like, and you, you don't need bright sunlight. I mean, I just turn on a lamp. You can just blow on the thing, and it'll just start spinning, and it will spin until the lights are turned off. And then when you turn the light on again, blow on that thing, start spinning. You might not even need to blow on it. It may be if it just sits there, eventually the earth's going to vibrate, a big truck's going to roll by, a breeze is going to come through, whatever, and it's going to get this thing rolling again. And so I demonstrate this. And what an interesting idea it is, but then I also compare it to the Crooks radiometer, which you've probably seen before, which kind of looks like a light bulb that has these little, they look like little metal flags on a spindle inside that are black and white. And when you hold this light bulb, especially in the sun, it starts spinning. But there are some significant problems with understanding how it works because this was invented in the 1800s by Sir William Crookes, who was a great English scientist. And at first they thought that it, this would spin when you put it in light because photons were bouncing off of it. 
But now they say, well, no, they think it's heat that does it. But the problem is when I experiment with it, I can't get it to spin much when I just heat it up. But I expose it to certain lights and it'll spin faster or slower depending on the type of light. So you just have to see me demonstrate this. But I, I think there is there are some other questions that we must answer about why these things spin, why these the Crookes radiometer spins. And there may be some other property that's helping this thing spin that we have not understood yet. And if we do understand it, we might be able to tap into that and produce something really efficient that will give us all something much closer to free energy. So I hope you'll watch that video. Again, the first one is just called, you know, something like $100 trillion bill. And the other one is um, perpetual motion. But if you just go to YouTube and type in Joshua P. Warren, you'll see it's some of the most recent stuff that I've posted. And uh, I think you'll enjoy those videos. They're short. And um, a lot of people have watched them already and enjoyed them. So go there and check them out if, you, if you'd like. Um, remember, though, in general, and this goes back to sort of energy and how it manifests and you know what I, I tell people all the time about um, psionic tools that I'm creating or, or like the conference that I'm producing and I know there are people out there who are saying gosh I, I, I want to make that leap and I want to I do something but I'm just afraid I'm afraid this could be a scam or I'm afraid that I'm going to look stupid and my friends are going to think I'm a nut or I'm afraid that I, I just really can't afford to do this or that. Let me tell you, that's good. That's good for you to feel that way because, listen to this, if it doesn't scare you a little, you're not making any progress. Remember that. That's why people talk about taking a leap of faith. And that's why, you know, if you're bodybuilding, if you're lifting a weight that's not hurting your muscles, guess what? They're not, they're not getting any bigger. You're not giving them any, you're not pushing them to grow. Mind and body are connected. Same thing. If you're not pushing your mind into risky territory that makes you feel a little uncomfortable, well, guess what? You're not going to grow. You're going to stay right where you are. So everything we learn about energy tells us that. And that's another reason that I, I really hope that you'll come to my event in May. You know what? Karen Rontowski. Karen Rontowski, she, you know, she's a friend of mine. She is a stand-up comedian. And she is hilarious. And I swear to you, I, I would not say that just because I like her. Uh, because I actually came into contact with her before I, I heard her comedy and I was scared to death that I was going to hear the comedy and think it sucked and then I was going to have to be like yeah yeah that was great because I wouldn't want to hurt her feelings you know but it's actually really really hilarious and and Lauren feels the same way I have played some of Karen Rontowski's comedy on this podcast before and one of the cool things is that yes she's a successful mainstream stand-up who's been on big shows like she was on you know like late night with david letterman all the late night stuff but her, what, what really 
discerns her from everybody else is that um, she is a paranormal metaphysical enthusiast. And so a good chunk of her comedy is paranormal comedy and metaphysical comedy. And she can be talking about ghosts or crystal healing or getting a tarot reading or whatever. And she finds like a really hilarious way of putting a spin on it. And and that's because, yes, she does stand up, but she also does tarot readings. And I think she's even written a book and she has a podcast. And so anyway, um, she, she's just a really special um, sort of type of comedian. I, I don't know anybody else who's able to make the paranormal as entertaining as she is. She really needs to be the host of a TV show. And in fact, maybe I can help her make that happen. I think I might. I think I might do that. I think I might do that. Um, anyway, occasionally she comes here to Las Vegas and performs, and she is going to be here all this week. She's performing tonight at the MGM Grand and Brad Garrett's Comedy Club, and she'll be here all week in Vegas. I think that uh, her last night is March the first. So I'll just give you a little information. Um, she's not paying me for this. She hasn't asked me to do this. I just know you'll enjoy it, and so I just try to share good stuff with you. Her name is Karen Rontowski, R-O-N-T-O-W-S-K-I, Karen Rontowski. Her Twitter says, Karen Rontowski, wife of Mothman. Uh, I retweeted her tweet about the fact that she is going to be at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at MGM Las Vegas this week. Uh, looks to me like tickets are about 43 bucks a person. It's not just her. It's also, uh, let's see. Oh, they timed me out. I was looking it up. Looks like it's going to be Karen as the headliner. How about that? Karen is the headliner. And then featuring Francisco Ramos and hosted by Jimmy Burns. Now, so yeah, 43 bucks. Might be a little more expensive if you actually want to go up and sit in Karen's lap. But she might even pay you for that, you know. Look, folks, she's a comedian. It's okay. Um, so if you're interested, if you're in the Vegas area and you want to see a really funny show, uh, bradgarrettcomedyclub.com, that's spelled G-A-R-R-E-T-T, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, bradgarrettcomedyclub.com. And you'll just go there and uh, you'll find Karen Rontowski. There's a picture of her, the headliner at the MGM Grand. Uh, while we're talking about Vegas stuff, I told you, big news, the Creepy Vegas Ghost and UFO Show is now expanding. Yes, we are going to continue doing Saturday nights at Millennium Fandom in downtown Vegas. Saturday nights at 7 p.m., but those are only for um, ages 21 and up. So I am now adding a second night for the Creepy Vegas event, and this is at a location on the Las Vegas Strip. This is going to be Wednesday nights, starting Wednesday, March the 4th, also 7 p.m., but this time, uh, it's for all ages. So if you go to creepyvegas.com, you can now choose if you want to come on a, uh, a Wednesday night or a Saturday night uh, and to what location. But um, I am raising the prices very soon. 
and well you can see why we're expanding we're popular we can do it we're doing it you know it's it's not cheap to operate in this town especially when you're operating something on the strip as well um so creepyvegas.com will give you all the information and because uh, hey it, it, before if you weren't in town on a weekend on a saturday night you weren't going to see it now you have that weeknight option as well and a lot of people just come to vegas during the week because it's it's less hectic and you get better prices on rooms and everything creepyvegas.com and then let me remind you this may may 29th and 30th of 2020 is my last conference ever finding your magic 2 also here in las vegas finding your magic 2 um i don't know if we have any tickets left but even if we don't um if you go to youwillmanifest.com youwillmanifest.com you can still read the finding your magic ebook and see some cool information from when we did this the first time but if we have any tickets left uh, it'll either say sold out or available if you go to youwillmanifest.com right there at the top of the page you can click the link that will take you to the information about the upcoming event may of 2020 uh, and let me tell you um, people ask me you know again why is this going to be your last one well i've been doing events big events since i was in my early 20s all over the country all over the world cruises expeditions it's very time consuming i can't obligate myself to such a time commitment anymore so this is going to be it finding your magic to i hope to see you there you will manifest.com all right so there's lots of fun stuff going on in vegas and uh there you have it for now so that said i'm going to go ahead and wrap this up lots of other fun stuff to do Soon I'm going to have Karen Rontowski on the show and interview her and play some of her comedy, some other comedy for you. Uh, I have just a lot of fun stuff planned. So go to joshuapwarren.com. Check out the link to the Curiosity Shop where you, you just never know what new things I'm going to be adding. I'm going to be adding some new stuff soon. And then click the link to this podcast, Joshua P. Warren Daily. Always short, always free, commercial free, independent, uncensored. Subscribe through various means. Or just follow me on Twitter, at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I usually tweet when a new one is available. So that is it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.